You're listening to the Reese Heath 100 podcast. Each episode, we speak to past staff and students about their memories of Reese Heath over the last hundred years. If you have some great memories to share, we would love to hear from you. Please complete the form at reeseheath100.com or call 01270 625 131. So welcome to part two of my Reese Heath 100 alumni podcast, speaking to past principal, Mr. Vic Croxon, who has joined me here. We're standing on the main lawn and it's a bit of a wintry November day. So we are <laughs> going to get through the, uh, the the second stage of Vic's career here swiftly. But lots of things happened when the college came out of the control of the Cheshire County Council. And we've covered that in part one. So let's look now at 1993 onto your retirement in 2004. And what are the key highlights that, or first of all, how, how did it did it feel that, that changeover? But what are those, those highlights that you'd like to share with us? Well, I think the important thing to say is that because we were uh, suddenly subject to a funding formula based on student numbers, there was a much, well, there was a great imperative to ensure that Rhys Heath had a growing number of students in its campus. I mean, the numbers were, uh, were good uh, when I arrived, but there was an imperative to increase them dramatically from 1993 in order to ensure that the funding formula gave enough money into the Reese Heath uh, kitty to enable work uh, to progress here. And so diversification became mm. the, the, the key need. And, and that was good because it was a reflection of what the industry, particularly the farming industry, was facing at that time with a great need to diversify. So Reese Heath uh, looked at the departments which it had, which was essentially uh, agriculture, horticulture, uh, engineering and food and dairy technology in particular and within each of those sections staff were tremendous in terms of thinking laterally in terms of what else could we do and and so it wasn't long before we were able to present to the governing body a, a strategy which uh, was predicated on on two things really uh, one was growth in terms of student numbers through the diversification of the curriculum and so it was during my time that uh, the equine department started mm. and the small animal care department uh, began. Horticulture itself diversified and particularly strengthened those elements that were already there but weren't, uh, weren't, weren't large in terms of golf greenkeeping and sports turf management in general. And as far as engineering was concerned, a greater emphasis on, on plant engineering uh, food and dairy technology too uh, expanded its wings into other areas. So it was a question of diversifying the curriculum, but also bringing in new things such as construction, which you had to stretch the kind of definition of being land-based a little bit to to, to, <laughs> to uh, uh, justify some of those, because we we kind of moved the title on from Cheshire College of Agriculture to Rhys Heath College, because. Cheshire College of Agriculture was increasingly a misnomer mm. and, it, and it made made it hard for staff to recruit uh, students into something which they perceived as not being for them. If their interest was food technology, for example, why should I come to a, to an agricultural college? So we changed the name to Receive College and that kind of diversification that I've described took place, which enabled the student numbers to grow. Mm. The second part of it, uh, beyond growth, was to form partnerships. Because we were very aware of our relatively small size compared to all of the other uh, FE colleges in particular in the county that had also become incorporated and that competition was, was, was becoming tough, 
we felt that there was a need to diversify our activity and attract people through other organizations that shared the campus with us. Mm. So, for example, the Cheshire Wildlife Trust uh, joined us here on campus, which in a way helped to legitimize the expansion into countryside management mm. courses, which was another part of our diversification. We welcomed the Milk Marketing Board's Research and Development Unit onto the campus because that too complemented the work that was going on in the Food and Dairy Technology Park. Mm. Crew Alexandra Football Club came on campus because, okay. of course, of the link with sports turf management. Uh, and, and so there were a number uh, yes. who came and joined us at that time. The Nantwich mm. Veterinary uh, Group came, which again has a link with the small animal care and indeed the, uh, the, the equine development. So... Those partnerships were essential, and we also brought in the elite herd of dairy cows. The genus herd came uh, uh, during that phase. And all of that was to help to increase income streams, diversify income streams, make the kind of experience that students had more relevant. We also partnered with other educational institutions, particularly higher education institutions. So the link with Chester and the link with Harper Adams began during that post-1993 period and gave students that opportunity to go on to courses which were above the level which receipt had been noted for in the past. That gave students that opportunity to progress into higher education. It's fascinating. As somebody that's relatively new, very new to Reese Heath and been doing these podcasts, I've been interviewing people that have been here for maybe one, two, perhaps three years as students. But to, to talk to you about that longevity and, and, the, and the process and the changes is just brilliant to hear. So, so much was, was packed into that, that relatively short space of time, wasn't it, for you? There's lots and lots that we all know locally that, that Reese spent millions and millions, £80 million pounds on developments recently. Obviously, it expanded in, in the 90s and all those new courses and, and departments came on board. What do you remember about the developments and the expansion of the site during your time? Uh, well, that's, that's, that's a very good point because it, it was a real challenge. I mean, there, there were some capital grants available. But being a small college, Reeseath always struggled to get its share of, of, of capital funding. And indeed, there was also pressure at the time where those people in the Further Education Funding Council were looking at the space allocation which colleges had. And you had to justify the space you had in relation to the number of students. And of course, they weren't flexible enough, really, to be able to understand that in a college like Reeseath, you, you know, which if you measured the floor area mm. and included particularly farm buildings as they did and things of that nature, we didn't fare well in terms mm. of those things which justified mm. capital expenditure on more buildings. They thought yeah, yeah. We, 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 we had more than we needed in, in any case. Those, those, those kind of arrangements changed over time. But certainly during the post-incorporation period, we were growing student numbers, but we weren't in a strong position because of the lack of capital funding to invest in, in the tremendous buildings that have occurred since. And indeed, we, we embarked, the, the board rather reluctantly embarked upon a policy of selling off some of the properties on the, towards the curtilage, outside curtilage of the college. And, and, and we disposed of a number of, of, of our uh, houses at that time in order to raise funds to put into student accommodation. 
and we went to, uh, out to appeal and, 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 and a number of local people, including the Duke of Westminster, for example, were extremely generous in funding uh, or making contributions to the funding of the Lord Woolley Centre, which was the main building that happened during my time. Um, we also made a start on additional residential accommodation, but, but it was a real challenge to be able to um, uh, invest in new space, which was desperately needed. And mm. it's tremendous to come back to Reseath to see how that's happened. Knowing that it was going to be essential that we did expand the buildings, it was during that time that we signed an option agreement on the parcel of land, which now, as we speak, is being built upon. Yeah. And um, I, I hope that as a consequence of that kind of vision that the board took at the time during the uh, late 1990s, that now 20 years, years on has, has come to fruition and I hope returned mm. a, a, an appropriate return for that, uh, that uh, long-term policy which the board embarked upon at that time. Mm. In fact, in the background, we can probably hear some of the clattering and banging, the, the estate that's being built up, and there's going to be a big change when the road closure comes in locally, and we see, yeah, I think going to benefit from that. And I was over at the Equestrian Centre yesterday, just looking at the, what's going on behind their department, and yeah, it's, it's really exciting times for, for Nantwich, as well as, as Reese Heath, and to think that that seed was sown all those years ago when you were in office, I think it's uh, something you must be really proud of. So. Congratulations on that. Well, thank you. Yes, I, I don't declare it to everyone because there are some people in Nantwich who don't sort of yeah. think it's a good idea. So I'm a bit selective in terms of who I tell that story to, Lizzie. <laughs> well, we're going to share it now. <laughs> so looking now back again at that, that second phase of your career here, so 1993 till when you uh, retired in 2004, tell us what your, your highlight of that period of time was. Oh, I, I think the highlight of... of of that period has to be the students. I mean, the great joy of being principal at Reseath, in fact, being a member of staff at Reseath in any capacity, is seeing students change during their time at Reseath. Um, it was a, a privilege always annually to, to make the sort of initial uh, speech of welcome to groups of students. And, and, and I used to talk about the, the Reseath experience and, and the fact that Reseath could change your life. And, and seeing it change the life for so many students is, yeah. is the real joy of this job and, and I count myself as fortunate indeed of having the privilege of being able to combine my two passions, my love of agriculture and my love of education and, and to be able to do that and to see students uh, here uh, flourish as a consequence of mm. it is tremendous and of course it's not exclusive uh, to students, you know, uh, Reseath uh, changed the lives of many members of staff and yeah. it certainly changed mine. Yeah, definitely and I know that you know, the, the, the talk and the feeling of the Reseath family is very much spoken about. And I know it's been challenging over the last couple of years with COVID, we've all been working from home, but it's so nice to see now as a new member of staff, how things are really coming alive from a staff point of view. We're getting together more, we've got plans for future activities and things. And it's nice to be able to look forward to those experiences that I know so many of the staff that have been here for a long time have experienced. So that's, that's brilliant. You retired in 2004, which let me work that out very quickly, 16 or so years ago. Have you been uh, putting your feet up and having lots of holidays? I think you've been quite busy, haven't you? Tell us a little bit about your retirement years. Well, I haven't had some good holidays, but <laughs> <laughs> but, but no, I, I did retire slightly early and, and, and I did that deliberately because I had a, a yen to work for myself, basically. And so uh, on leaving Reese Heath, I... Okay. I uh, 
worked for a number of different organizations as a consultant, as, a, as an advisor in, in further education and particularly in agricultural education. I was fortunate enough to uh, secure a position as the chief uh, officer of what became known as Landex, um, the National Association of Land-Based Colleges. And uh, that was uh, a privilege. I, I also worked for LANTRA, the, 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 the uh, organization that oversees uh, skills training in particular. Um, and I worked on various government projects, particularly one which was to do with raising standards in, in uh, establishments such as this. Um, so I, I, I became involved in, in those kind of activities. But also um, I combined that with a, 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 as much voluntary work as I could do. I was fortunate during the latter part of my time at Reseath to be made a deputy lieutenant in the county. Um, and, and so uh, I spent quite a lot of my retirement, allegedly, uh, um, involved with the Cheshire Lieutenancy. Mm -hmm. um, and that has been both a privilege and, and, and uh, a, a joy. And so that's occupied uh, a good deal of my time. I also worked for the uh, OF&G, the Organic Farmers and Growers of Great Britain, in chairing their certification committee. Uh, so I've man managed to maintain my links with farming as well as education. I've also become quite actively involved in the Worshipful Company of Educators, uh, which is a London-based uh, organisation, and also with the Farmers Club Charitable Trust, which uh, annually uh, grants a sum of money to lecturers in places like Reese to uh, 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 carry on with their continuous professional development, particularly by travelling overseas. Um, there's probably other things that I've been doing that I've forgotten. But, um, <laughs> well, I think that's an incredible snapshot of just how, how busy and how active you have been in retirement. So I think we'll bring it to a close there. Thank you very, very much indeed. It's an absolute privilege to talk to you, Vic. And I do thank you so much for coming back to Reese Heath and, and, and look forward to sharing some more of your stories. We're going to do a video of you and we're going to include you in our, our grand finale book uh, all about the Reese Heath 100 and our special celebration. So thank you very much indeed. Thank you, Liz. It's been a pleasure. Thank you very much for inviting me. You're listening to the Reese Heath 100 podcast. Each episode, we speak to past staff and students about their memories of Reese Heath over the last hundred years. If you have some great memories to share, we would love to hear from you. Please complete the form at reeseheath100.com or call 01270 625 131.